ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Preferment Sam podcast. It's a couple days after the Super Bowl now, so our guy Ian Fatterport, I don't know, are you less depressed now that uh, we've had a couple of days? I mean, slightly. Like, I, I, I hate watching him win, but yes, it's whatever. You can hear it in you can hear it in his voice. We're recording this Tuesday night, like we always do. So shout out to our guy Ian Fatterport showing up a day before a holiday, a day before Valentine's Day. I know that's probably. I think that's when this will be dropping when you guys will be listening to it. So you got any big plans for the day, Fatterport? Do anything I am, special? Um, I'm taking <laughs> I the lady it. out to dinner. So yeah. Are yeah. you good? Are you good at that? Are you good at like planning dates and getting stuff done, staying on top? I like of stuff? to Pause. think I'm okay at it. Yeah. Good enough, you know, no complaints from the other side. So Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the goal, right? Just to keep the yeah. other person happy. So it doesn't matter if you're doing some crazy list as long as you're uh keeping the other side content. But do you guys need to do a matching uh pure vita bracelet shit? Shout out. Link in the link in the description. <laughs> like it. Promo code. If you guys ever need the hookup, uh pure vita is the spot. But I I that's that's where I was that's always where I was uh I've had my failures with that in the past with planning and keeping up with the yeah. holidays, knowing where it's it's too many days knowing where the stuff's going on. But uh, <laughs> we did remember that the Super Bowl was this week. And uh, like we said, our guy Fatiport was uh, not rooting for the team that ended up winning the Kansas City Chiefs. But do we need to address the fact for the people that are watching this on Spotify? I mean, they see our guy Fatiport's in a Mahomes jersey over there. Yeah, so I'll tell the story of when I got this. I bought this after Super Bowl 57, and they had it on sale at the local like sports shop that we have here. And as much as like a Broncos fan that I am, and I just like can't stand the Chiefs, like at this rate, he's going to be the best player of all time. And if I can get his jersey now, I may as well have it. He's like, I just, it's just an investment. Yeah, I mean, like, I like if he's gonna be the best of all time, like, no matter what team I like, I could just like frame this and put it on a wall somewhere. When is the next time Mahomes jersey will be on sale for that price? And for the people listening, it's like, a, wait, do you want to give us a spin? Do we need like a a runway show okay, for my guy? Yeah, backwards? I'll show. So it's, it's on, I have it on backwards just so you can see the Mahomes on it. But it's just the gray jersey, and it's got the Super Bowl Fifty Seven patch on it right there. With the classic Chiefs Eagles colors, you know, because the NFL scripted. So it looks almost like a Pro Bowl jersey, but it's not a it's not a Pro Bowl jersey, right? It's got no, the Super it's Bowl just patch. Like, yeah, but I don't know if they actually because they don't actually have these gray alternates, but they sell them from like Fanatics and everything. They still sell them as jerseys. Do they need to consider doing that for the Super Bowl, like special Super Bowl jerseys? I think that would be cool. Like I get different fits. When I think of gray, I always think of the Lions, like gray color rush and how those, how cool those look. I think if the Chiefs had like the same thing and worse, like, like this, I think this is nice. You could, yeah, if you, and then, I mean, you're always looking for something else to sell too. So you could sell the Super Bowl edition jerseys. You right. could do something good for the Niners. I uh, think, I, I think it'd be pretty fitting. We're also recording this during the middle of a pretty exciting Thunder Magic game right now. Two of the more exciting young teams in the league. How many guys could you name right now in a Thunder Magic game? Uh, Paulo Banchero. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, Shy. SGA. Yeah, yeah. SGA. Um, I feel like there's another one you could probably get, too. I feel like there's a couple. There's a couple of Michigan guys yeah. that you could get. Michigan guys? From, from back in the day, Final Four run? 
a couple of Michigan brothers. Franz oh. Wagner. You remember the okay, I Bo Wagner? Him. Yeah. Both of the Wagner brothers are on on uh, the Magic. On the Magic. Chet, okay. you know Chet too, right? Oh yeah, I know Chet. Yeah. Okay, Chet's on the Gonzaga. Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Two two of the more exciting young teams in the league. So curious to see how if they're on Fatterport's radar at all. This is a been a fun one up until this point. The Thunder are starting to pull away though a little bit at the end of the third quarter. And I do think we have the uh IT issues figured out this week as well too. So <laughs> hopefully we won't get anything lost and uh IT I uh, the boys in the booth are back. We'll just say they're I don't know how many straws they have left though after uh we lost the draft stuff from last week and we'll we'll figure out how we'll uh redo the draft stuff and uh get back to you guys cuz don't worry our guy Powderport's not going anywhere but what did what did you make of the Super Bowl? I we actually watched this game together. Shout out to our guy Philly Buckets. Shout out to a uh, bunch of others as well too, but we got to see this one together. Obviously it's the Super Bowl, so you're hoping for a good game and it was you know close and dramatic but was it like a memorable game iconic game how's this one gonna go down it's the first half no one's gonna remember for anything 10 to 3 at halftime like there was a couple of fumbles like McCaffrey's big fumble uh that was a pretty big moment but other than that nothing oh and then the Juwan Jennings touchdown pass too that was pretty sick but other than that like those were the only two memorable things that happened in the first half uh the third quarter, the Chiefs came out. They scored their first touchdown, and that one was to MVS, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and then they kicked the field goal. So nothing really big there. But then the fourth quarter, where the Niners were able to kick three field goals, the Chiefs were able to keep it close, took them to overtime. And I think as boring as overtime kind of looked, it'll still be memorable just because of like the game-tying drive in the fourth and the game-winning drive in the fourth from Mahomes. Because like you said, in the first half, it looked like we, we were definitely headed for Rams Patriots. Yeah, and they I, said I, was, it was, I was so scared of that, dude. There's 10-3 a half. I'm like, holy huh. shit. And they said it was the first. Was it scoreless in the first quarter? Yeah. Or like the lowest scoring quarter since that Rams Patriots game. Zero, so zero we were the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Niners did kick a field goal on the second play of the second quarter. So yeah. they were definitely in position, but... Still technically the first scoreless first quarter. And I think, like we said, we were watching this together. So there was a point in the first half where I think we were were we more locked in on going back through the Antonio Brown Twitter feed than oh, we were yeah. on the actual we game. Went, like <laughs> through three months of Antonio Brown Twitter posts. And that that's like that's not even a lot for Antonio Brown. No, not no. It's that's not just like Antonio as Brown, far as we could make days, it back. Ten times a day. <laughs> It took us the whole first half to get through just what he's done this year in like a month and a half worth of tweets. It's a, I don't know. Are we allowed to recommend Antonio Brown as a follow? I mean, if, if you're out there listening to this, hopefully you're over the age of 18. Yeah. (laughs) And then yeah, give it a look. (laughs) If you're, if you, if you want to follow for the comedic, you know, if you're a mature person and you're not looking for a serious Twitter follow, I think uh, definitely check out the Antonio Brown Twitter feed. But I think even for the Chiefs a lot, like just in the game in general too, slow offense. Like they didn't even score their first touchdown until four seconds left in the third quarter. So like we said, the, the Niners get the ball first, drive right down the field. McCaffrey fumbles on the first drive and then Chiefs three and out. Niners get the ball back and then they they start to move the ball basically right down the field again 
And Trent Williams has two back-to-back penalties. Yeah, I think it's like a hold, and then he yeah. has a false start on the next play, and they're like second and 20, third and 20. The drive just kind of dies out at that point. So I don't, you know, there's a lot of points, obviously, we can go through at where they lost the game, but definitely like at just in at the beginning of the game, especially, but going into halftime when it's like 10 to three. And again, the Niners are moving the ball up and down the field and they haven't pulled the ball. And then, you know, they haven't pulled away at all in the game. And it's like Mahomes is hanging around. It's like, okay, they're not going to win. This can't be a close game. You can't have a close game with Mahomes in a big moment. And I definitely thought those first couple of drives were, I mean, if McCaffrey's going to fumble and Trent Williams, like those are your best two, like maybe the two best players on your offense, like messing up, screwing up drives. And I, you know, I thought the early game there where they could have turned those early drives into something was, I mean, you will get into the end too, but I thought just as important. Yeah. And yeah, it just seemed like in the first half, the Niners were just shooting themselves in the foot and you can't really put it on Brock Purdy as much as people have. I've heard just like he played a pretty clean, pretty clean game. He had, uh, let me scroll up here, 255 passing yards. He was 23 for 38 and a touchdown. Like, that's that's as much as you can ask for out of a guy who's in his second year uh, was the last overall pick in his draft class. But, yeah, that first half from the Niners' side, uh, specifically the first quarter, was just not very exciting. Yeah, and like we're saying, if your best players are making those mistakes, it's kind of tough to just look at the game and be like, well, what do you do different if you're the Niners? It's like, well, just Christian McCaffrey don't fumble on the four-yard line, and then yeah. Trent William kills the drive. And, like, that first drive, the they moved – they were – in that position in like four plays they had like uh the the four plays they had averaged 11 and a half yards a play and then the again when they got the ball back before the trent williams penalties it was like brock purdy over the middle to iu 18 yards right away moving the ball down the field so i know like like you said he was a brock purdy generally kind of efficient didn't turn the ball over as well which i think was an issue a little bit in uh the first couple of playoff games and maybe not so much turnover, but like turnover worthy passes Yeah, where, I mean, in the lions game, you know, he has the one completion that bounces off the guy's face mask. <laughs> but like, if you look at, I think Debo in this game was like 11, had 11 targets for three catches. And if you go through and look at the passes that Purdy was thrown to Debo, there was like, he just like missed him over the middle a couple times. And there was the one-on-one to McDuffie in the end zone early in the game as well, too, that McDuffie really had covered well. That is, you know, a good risky shot. But again, McDuffie really had it covered. So you did, you did like what you saw from Purdy in this game. You were impressed so. with his performance. I think, yeah, I think the only miscues were really there was two pretty open passes where if he just uh, won, I think one was in the end zone on Debo where he overthrew it, which would have been a touchdown. And then was that the McDuffie was, one? No, the McDuffie one was just good defense all okay. around. But there was, I think it was right after that where he was uh, – uh, or this was later in the game where Chris Jones was able to create some pressure and he just mm. kind of had to throw it away and it was like four or five yards over the receiver's head in the back of the end zone. Uh, without that pressure, I mean, he probably makes that throw nine times out of ten. But And then there was another similar overthrow or underthrow kind of like that. I think this one was more towards the sideline and I don't remember where in the game this one was at. But other than that, like – I didn't see a lot of like mistakes from Purdy, like because people have been saying, "Oh, he's just like a rack merchant." Like ninety percent of his passes are behind the line of scrimmage. Like he didn't really do that this game. Like he was making those good those good throws. A lot of those patented like over the middle to Ayuk. We saw that a lot. So I thought it was a clean game overall from Purdy. 
And I think you pointed out, you know, you mentioned something that's important to point out with the Purdy conversation is this is his second year. And really it's, you know, his first full year as a starter, he started halfway through a last season, played in the playoffs, played in the big moments, but got the full, this was like his first full off season in the offense, first full year with the team. And I feel, I feel like because he was a seventh round pick and because, you know, because he's taken later in the draft, he doesn't have the pedigree of the higher guys. The clock for the development for those guys can get sped up. So you like, I don't like, I feel like, dude, were people looking at like, okay, the Niners have a franchise guy with Purdy. Cause I feel like there was like, again, the clock with him where people were waiting for him to make a mistake. I know, you know, Sam Darnold is not necessarily going to take over long-term there. I know there was probably maybe like 3% of NFL people. I mean, include Sam and in some of that. He's got a little bit of Sam yeah. Darnold stock laying around as well too. But, you know, I think there was, it just, it seemed like there was a timeline for Purdy that was quicker than like you're saying a guy that was in his second year. And it's like, okay, being in the Super Bowl and having two deep playoff runs in two seasons like this is pretty impressive for where you're at in this point in your career. And for again, emerging at the top of the NFC like this in your second year, I feel like are people valuing the long-term thing that Purdy could bring to the Niners? I mean, what kind of long-term future do they have here with Purdy? Like you're saying, he's only the second year. Purdy this is extremely impressive for his draft class, like 255th, 256th overall pick. And uh, you've already got people questioning is like, oh, can Brock Purdy win the big game when they need it? And it's like, uh, I was watching the Pat McAfee show the other day and they had Dan Orlovsky on. I think this was yesterday, the day after. And shout out Dan, he said, uh, if you've already got people questioning whether Brock Purdy can win a Super Bowl for the Niners after being the last pick in his draft class and in the second year of his career, he's already miles ahead of a bunch of quarterbacks and everybody at that position as well. So if you've, if you're second year player and you're already questioning whether he can win that type of game or not, he, yeah, there's no question that he's definitely the guy for the Niners going forward. And he's going to be uh, like, he's, he's a name to be talked about. Cause you don't hear that from somebody who gets picked that late, unless your name's Tom Brady. And it, it, and I think it's okay to just look at guys in the moment too and be like, okay, Purdy, obviously to land in the Niners is just like quarterback heaven to be with, you know, a seventh round pick with Kyle Shanahan, the type of development you're going to get, like, it's going to be amazing. But Purdy, I did think in the playoffs and even in this game, some like the throws, some of the throws to Debo were definitely off. He could have done a little bit better there. But like we're saying, for a second year guy, just in general, the confidence that he showed in the playoff run. I think he is playing like he is established now as a top quarterback. Like I think if Purdy went to another team, he would be still a good quarterback. And I think maybe last year earlier in his career, you know, even again, he's only in his second year, but even like his rookie season or just entering the NFL, if he lands in another team, it could be different. But I do think now that Purdy is just a good quarterback. He's kind of fully, become that and again his second year i think looking at the nfc like some of the other guys are young too i still like i still have a lot of eagle stock i think jalen hurts i still think that they're going to be good the lions are competitive as well too but like i like we're saying i just think purdy now is just a good quarterback regardless and all good quarterbacks need good systems to you know thrive reach their full potential all that too but like if you put if you put purdy on the vikings 
Like I think the Viking, I mean, that's just an upgrade over Kirk Cousins, I think. I think the Vikings are just a better team. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would say upgrade, especially when it comes to passing the ball. I think Kirk's like one of the better passers in the NFL. I know he he does kind of throw some turnovers a little bit, but he's not Purdy's almost to rock down the field. Purdy was in a Super Bowl and almost in two. He was almost there last year. Yeah, but you could you could argue that Purdy wasn't the reason they got there. With Kirk, it's like if they get as far as that, like it's because of Kirk Cousins because they don't run the football. And even if, you know, the mobility thing for Purdy, it does matter. He can get yards with his legs. That was basically what won him the, the Detroit game. He didn't really, you know, in the fourth quarter do so much with them. Again, like the big pass he made to Ayuk was off the face mask of the defender. I mean, Kirk Cousins definitely could do that. That's a very Kirk Cousins type pass. Yeah. I will say, I I will say with Purdy though, like he has, he has so much room for improvement and like with the coaching staff he's in and how young he is, he's only going to get better. And like, God forbid he gets hurt for like something to set him back like that. He's, we're just going to see him become more and more talented with Kyle Shanahan and as many superstars he has to throw the ball to on that offense. And the contract thing too, is the ultimate thing at the end of the day. It's like, okay, they can't move on from Purdy right now. He's like $300,000 a year. He probably yeah. makes less than some doctors. Oh, a hundred percent. There's no, there's no way he does. Let's that. double check Purdy's salary. His, it was like eight hundred and seventy-two thousand. How much does Nancy Pelosi make? Does Nancy Pelosi make more than Brock Purdy? <laughs> Politicians? I feel like definitely. Maybe not on the books, but what? How many more? What? What other professions make more than Brock Purdy? Uh, probably a, a bunch of lawyers out there are making more like big corporate he's at, lawyers. Okay. So he's that. at a, a million for the cap hit this year. His rookie. Oh, I guess technically he's in, in the, the, in his third season Yeah, of his contract. So his rookie season, 700 K to 800 K to a million. And then he's at 1.1 million next year. Yeah. Okay, so he's a, he is he is in the million dollar range. He is now, yeah. This this second year of his career, he was sitting at that eight seventy until after the Super Bowl. Now we're in the twenty twenty four year of his contract, so the cap hit's going to be a little bit bigger. And that's just kind of how they structure those rookie deals. They always kind of offload it to the last couple seasons. Thirty eight thousand in dead cap. <laughs> 19k in dead cap next year yeah if you're the niners and like this is the product you're getting out of somebody you're paying just under a million dollars a season there's no there's no reason in hell you should like go out there and pay a quarterback because not only does that take away how valuable brock purdy is while he's under this contract but then you're going to have contract issues when it comes to paying george kittle cmc you got to pay debo you got to pay Ayuk, you got to pay your defense you now have chase young on that defense you still have nick bosa fred warner uh Talano Hufunga is going to be somebody who's going to get paid later in his career with the way he's playing right now there's just a lot of people that are going to have to get paid on that team so you may as well save as much money as you can with a guy like this and that's in in San Francisco that's not even a lot of money he's just making like a good living he's probably got like like a solid apartment somewhere yeah like a nice it's like a nice place it's like a respectable place like you walk in the place and you're like damn, this is a nice apartment, but you're not like, holy shit, look at this apartment. Like, it's 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 just above average. That's all you really need. He doesn't have, like, actual wood materials in his apartment. Just the finish, like, the fake finishes that look really nice. And it could be worse. He could be Tommy DeVito. He could be still living with his parents as a starting quarterback. Ooh. So. He might have I mean, been the first couple of years. 
Tommy is saving some money doing that, but we, I mean, there's not a lot of money to be made in the, in the rest of his career. So there's only eight other guys on the Niners roster right now that are paid less than Purdy <laughs> out of I like 60 not guys. Not a single one of them is a starter. Uh, no, no starters. Yeah. Some guys that, I mean, get the, get in Jordan Mason. I feel like Jordan Mason had a couple of waiver wire weeks. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Robert uh, Beal. I've definitely he heard his name that. before. D, D winters. I'll forever hold a grudge against D winters for wrecking Michigan in the first half of the college football semifinals for mm. TCU. Oh, Ronnie Bell also. Shout out Ronnie Bell oh, yeah, on that Michigan a, team. He caught a touchdown this year for the Niners. I remember that. Oren Burks. Shout out to Oren Burks. He just got a card in Madden. His card's actually pretty good. In Gibson, the the second lowest played pair on the Niners. And was he was he taking the the Kansas City money line? In that game, because he's the guy that lost. Was he the guy that lost the ball on the deep pass? Is he the safety that just like sat there and stopped? Yeah, I and can't, I think Pacheco I ended up fumbling. Fucking understand that. I will never fucking understand that. Okay, and I think I said this before. I ended up leaving good old Billy Buckets' house. But if you're if you're that guy and and you're running with the play, and in front of you you've got your defensive your defensive back running full sprint, the receiver in front of him running full sprint, still running full sprint as close to the end zone as they get. And your first thought when you see that is to turn around, just fucking stop. Like that's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? If you see that, just play the receiver. I was going to just, if you lose the ball, just play the receiver. Yeah. He's not going to be going full sprint if there's not a play to be had. And even if he is just to fool you, well, at least you can't say you gave up on the fucking play. Well, turning around and stopping, you gave up on the play. And that's the reason why he caught the fucking ball. If you stick with that, there's no way in hell he catches that double coverage with how how close he was on him until those last five steps. Yeah, and you have the teammate there as well, too. So, I mean, big picture, he can make the play for the interception if you're playing the receiver. If you're both playing the receiver, it's harder for him to... It it gives your team a chance to make a play. When you stop, you just... Yeah, you don't just give up. (laughs) Like Your guy in front of you is beat, and you're the final hope, and you just stop running. It's like the same thing against the Lions. Like, in the first half, everyone was saying that that defense just didn't play with any effort. And then on that play, it just looked like the same old defense. And that was, again, Pacheco, that was the drive where Pacheco ended up fumbling. So yeah, they, they went 66 yards, ended up fumbling in the red zone. They didn't get it. They didn't get any points on that drive, but that was the only, basically the only 50-plus yard drive they had in the game up until the fourth quarter. And the only, the, remember the touchdown that the Chiefs score in the fourth quarter as well, too, or at the end of the third quarter, is off of the other is that a is that another Niners fumble? That's the that's the muff punt. That was off the muff punt. So they get the ball and yeah. then one play, 16 yards, right to MVS again at the end, end of the third. So they don't the Chiefs don't have a touchdown drive in this game until that last drive of overtime. So I, you know, we're, what what did you make of the Chiefs in this game? Like, were you I mean the Mahomes thing, obviously, like you got the jersey on, but how how impressive were they in this win? I mean, their offense wasn't impressive until they had to be. And, like, when you've got a guy like Mahomes, it's like you know what you're going to get. Like, as, as soon as you have to do something, they're going to do something. But their defense props their defense. Like, uh, Spagnuolo called a great game, in my opinion. Like, able to force a fumble on the best running back in the NFL. Nick Bolton had a hell of a play on that. 
Uh, you were able yep. to hold. You able to. You made the Niners punt. Let's count one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, the Niners punted five times this game. I don't think they did that in a single game this season. And to start the the second half, too, the Niners go three straight three and outs, negative one yard, negative one yard, zero yards, three yep. straight punts. The Chiefs, though, like you said, the defense had to clutch up because these were the these are the Chiefs' drives for the game. So they go six yards, ten yards, and then the sixty-six yards, but the safety just gives up on the play. Yep. And then Pacheco fumbles, but negative three yards, and then they go sixty-five yards for a field goal. So ten to three at halftime. First drive of the second half, you have the Mahomes interception. And then you go three and out, nine yards, punt, 47-yard field goal, eight yards and a punt, and then 16 yards for the touchdown off of the muff, muff punt. Yep. And then back-to-back long drives. Now the offense kind of, like you said, they clutch up a little bit, 69 yards field goal, 64 yards field goal, and then 75 yards touchdown. But was this was this a Patrick Mahomes game or was this an Andy Reid game? I, It's got to be a Patrick Mahomes game. Because the way that the game was coached all the way up until the fourth quarter, like an offensive perspective, wasn't great. Like, they weren't able to put drives together. The only reason they did is because, the one, the defense gave up on the play, and, two, the Niners buffed that punch. So, like, the only reason they were able to go down the field that that far both those times was due to the Niners' mistakes and not their own, like, success. Uh, Yeah, and as soon as you get to the fourth quarter, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes. So, I I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach, don't get me wrong. But I definitely would not put this win on the coaching staff. I'd put this win on how well the offense played under pressure. So you didn't like the play calling through the first three quarters? I mean, it didn't really get him anywhere until until the very end. And uh, when they had to go down the field that many times, like you see Travis Kelsey's stat line, he's got – let me go back up. He's got nine receptions, 93 yards. Like when they need to go down the field, they're going to put the ball in Kelsey's hands, and that's exactly what they did in the fourth quarter. And Mahomes was obviously brilliant in it. Like, like you're saying, fourth quarter, have to pull a drive together. He get, he got it done. But it did also seem like at the end of the game, they adjusted the offense a little bit too, where like the Lions last week, just time and time again, they're just attacking the underneath stuff. The Niners are just rushing for dropping everybody back. And I mean, that's just how the Niners play defense. They're doing it basically in this game as well too. And the Chiefs still kind of weren't really going after that. There was some screen stuff that they were trying to do. Like early in the game, I think the second play they ran was like a screen out to Kelsey and everybody just swarmed over, made the tackle. Greenlaw was still in the game at that point for the Niners too, which I think was actually a a big injury for them. And if you look at the, a couple of plays that were made, I think, you know, Greenlaw could have been in that spot. Who knows what ends up. That's our Super Bowl MVP right there. I know. Should we talk? Should we? Do you want to tell them that we voted for Dre Greenlaw quick? I'll explain. Yeah, if you guys were following my my ex account during the like the third and fourth quarter, mainly the fourth quarter, uh, we us five of us were we made it our main mission to where if the Niners won this game, we were gonna do our best to make Dre Greenlaw the Super Bowl MVP. So like I'd estimate between the five of us that voted during that entire fourth quarter, we probably voted for him like nine hundred times. I, you think we get? You think we got to a thousand? It, it, it was probably close. I mean, like, shout out to the champ. Like, he was over there, like, for <laughs> like a half hour straight, just like, just spamming it. And same thing with Nick. Same thing with Billy. Uh, 
I know me and you were sitting there just like spamming the shit out of it every single time. I know you said I think you accidentally voted for uh, Karloftis a couple times with how fast I you think were just one clicking slipped buttons. in there. <laughs> Pause. Yeah, we were yeah we were we were doing our best to to get that guy what he deserved because he he just went out there and put his Achilles on the line even though he took two steps onto the field and hurt himself. Do you think the fan vote matters for the Super Bowl MVP? Do you think? No, no, not at all. There's no way in hell. Let's do let let's do some quick research and see who votes for the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, Is there I wonder media? if they come out with like the breakdown after. Because they do it for the All Star Game, but they do it for the starters. It's not you know you know for the Super Bowl MVP. Because like we're saying, Greenlock got a thousand votes at least. Okay, so according to this website. It says a panel of 16 writers and broadcasters contribute to 80% of the total vote with NFL mm. fans account for the remaining 20%. So literally nothing. Yeah. So like we could have voted for Dre Greenlaw like 20,000 times and there's no way in hell he would have ever won it. But in, but if Dre, so if Dre Greenlaw wins the fan vote, does that mean he accounts for 20% of the vote? I mean, we could have gotten Dre Greenlaw 20% I mean, of the vote. It got him on the ballot. just under 20% because there's no way every NFL fan would have voted for Dre Greenlaw. And there's no way everybody was voting as many times as we were either. No. Let, wait. I, okay, let's talk about that. If the Niners win this game, who who do you think, A, wins the fan vote for Super Bowl MVP, and B, like who wins like the vote overall with the writers and broadcasters? Well, the fan vote, I, did, I don't know if the fan vote matters because – We'll see if you can we'll see if we can find the who won the fan vote, but would my my initial guess would be Travis Kelsey won the fan vote. You think so? I I did the Swifties? I think for the Chiefs, it, it was probably it was either Kelsey or Mahomes. Probably Mahomes. If the Niners would have won, my guess for the fan vote would be Juwan Jennings. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. A, a passing touchdown and four for 49 and a touchdown. Like he was like he was the playmaker on the Niners offense. Other, I mean, McCaffrey had 155 scrimmage yards, but like when it came to like the the necessary plays, like the two the two touchdowns, Juwan Jennings was accounted for on those. It doesn't look like they released the vote. For... I don't think they ever would. <laughs> it would just expose themselves, the like because if if Kelsey did win the fan vote and then Mahomes just gets it anyway, which I'm not saying Mahomes didn't deserve it. He he absolutely does. But like the NFL would never like oust themselves as somebody who won't listen to their fans, even though they know we they don't listen to their fans. And Kelsey didn't score in this game either, so it's not like the writers yeah. were going to vote for Kelsey. I don't think he really. But had the he art. did. I went through and counted on the, on the Chiefs game tying drive and the game winning drive. Kelsey had five of his nine receptions just on those two drives alone. Just at the end of the game. Yeah, just those two drives. Just on the clutch four speed the. Baldy Kelsey drive, I mean, which is what they yeah. did at the, you know, in the Ravens and end of the Bills game. That's how they. That's how they got the game tied. They they gave it to Kelsey and he just ran twenty five yards down the sideline, got pushed out of bounds by, uh, was that Aubrey Thomas? What's his name? Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas. Yeah, who got hurt on that play? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think. Or no, that was Brown that pushed him out and got hurt on that. That was play. Brown. Jerry Brown. Yeah. Who ended up picking, picking off Mahomes, which. All, all, all of the bets that I ended up cutting from my bet slip for budget purposes, <laughs> all of them hit. Chase Young sack, Jair Brown interception, and Elijah Mitchell over on the rush yards. 
All three of them hit. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat as you because my bet this game uh, was Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns, which hit thanks to the overtime drive. But I parlayed that with uh, George Kittle touchdown and George Kittle over 49 and a half receiving yards, and he mm. had two catches for four yards. And one his first catch was for six yards, so his second catch went for negative two. So it was in the stars for Jawan Jennings to win the MVP because I also had the Debo yeah. Samuel. I had Debo Samuel. So I ended up with Debo Samuel over total scrimmage yards, 77 and a half total scrimmage yards in a touchdown parlay together. I had Kelsey over a half a rush yard and they ended up doing two, I think two runs in this game to Rice. No yeah. carries to Kelsey. Yep. And then I had McCaffrey first, first touchdown for McCaffrey to be a receiving touchdown. Five to one. So I ended up hitting that and that covered me for the for the night. But yeah, I was a nice offer. So that was fucking fantastic. But I none cool. of us had McCaffrey and none of us had Jennings. So it made sense that those were the two guys that popped off. Well, I mean, McCaffrey's too easy. Like his touchdown odds are probably like minus three hundred. Yeah. And he ended up with one sixty total yards in this game and a touchdown. He's yeah, the he receiver was... for the Jennings pass. So he probably yeah. wins the MVP for the Niners. Yeah, 160 yards, leading rusher, leading receiver. Yeah. That's probably who ends up winning it. I think the fan vote would have gone to Juwan Jennings, though. And I agree with you. I, I would have gone with Jennings. But yeah. that, that was kind of like, I don't know if you remember that first Chiefs Super Bowl. So the first Chiefs Niners Super Bowl, Mahomes wins the MVP in that one, too, as well. But Damian Williams, let me look up the Damian Williams stats oh, from that game. Okay, yeah, he did break off a big rush in that game. And I don't remember how far, but it's kind of coming to my head. Pause. Pause. And uh, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he had a couple of touchdowns as well, too. Yeah. It also looks like there's a couple of Damian Williams. I get probably still the, still the one that's active. Six teams for Damian Williams. Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals was one of them. Yep. Yeah. 17 carries, 104 yards and a touchdown. Four carries for 29 yards and a touchdown. So 130 plus yards and two touchdowns. For Damian Williams? I mean, yeah, one of the better rushers in Chiefs Super Bowl history. I mean, in this game, Patrick Mahomes had more rushing yards than Isaiah Pacheco, and he had only half his mm. carries. And he, again, Mahomes, I think, scrambling at the end of the game was a big part of why they were able to move the ball down the field and then checking yep. the, you know, some of the check down stuff as well, too. But outside of the deep pass that he hit to Hardman in this game, you know, he missed a couple of stuff as well. And Mm -hmm. he'd been doing it all playoffs. I guess, you know, it's probably just me. These guys are human. You know, they're going to miss throws at some point. Like Mahomes nah, is fuck him. He sucks. <laughs> He's perfect at the end of the game when you need to be perfect. So it's a, uh, it's hard to criticize him a little bit too much, but yeah. I guess maybe if the play calling shifts a little bit more to get Mahomes into some of that underneath, underneath stuff, maybe that's where I, I get what you're saying there with maybe Andy Reed, uh, not calling a perfect game, but I, the end of the game was definitely, you know, he was doing pulling out all the stops. Oh, yeah. The, four, the fourth down play where oh, I felt like the there's just like the triple option. Like, so yeah. on that on that last drive in overtime, again, the basically the only long touchdown drive for the Chiefs in this game, they have to convert that fourth and one. They also convert a third and six and then a third and one as well, too, where Mahomes has the scramble up the middle mm -hmm. that ends up getting him into the red zone. But. Again, the Niners defense had a chance to get off the field, even on that last drive. 
Oh, they had all kinds of chances. And that, that fourth and one specifically, like I know that's just like a staple Chiefs play, and they go to that a lot where they have just Mahomes kind of like step up in the pocket a little bit to the side and make it like almost like he's going to fake to Kelsey in the flat and just takes his scramble yards. But like in that situation, you got to know there's got to be some sort of like running aspect to what this play is going to be with how mm-hmm. short that yardage is on fourth down. And they just don't look like they didn't look like they were prepared for it. It felt like that that play was going to end up being behind the line of scrimmage somehow. I didn't know if they were going to do like the shuffle pass to Kelsey that they do sometimes or, you know, some kind of screen pass, something to Rice. But yeah, they end up basically running like a triple option type play. Yeah. And then on the on the third and six. So here I took a screenshot of the play on third and six because I don't think that this was just specific to this particular play as well too i think again the niners kind of play defense in this style and they have good pass rushers but this is the this is the third and six on overtime in the overtime drive where the niners need to get a stop sorry to the people that are listening to this on apple and can't see the visual but four defensive backs are behind the first down line and I felt like some of the conservative stuff they were doing in this game. Did you like the Niners game plan? I know, you know, the, like you said, the Chiefs game plan had some questions through the first three quarters, but did you see any questions for the Niners at all? I mean, their defense, like just their defense stuck up to like what they've been doing the whole season all the way up until the fourth quarter. So I, I didn't mind it then, but then they just, like, I don't know whether to say like they just had poor game planning in the fourth quarter in overtime or if Mahomes is just Mahomes. Like, I don't know what to really put that down mm. to. Like, yeah, with that third down, how they have four or five guys right there behind the first down marker. And, like, at that point, like, you know the Chiefs are notorious for, like, letting their receivers just find find space, plant themselves, and just catch and go to the ground. And, like, that's that's exactly what the kind of space they gave them to do and allowed them to do. It's like, Kelsey, like, the he gets probably 80% of his receiving yards every single season by just going off the line of scrimmage, finding whatever open zone there is in the middle of the field and just stopping. And like when you set yourself up to be able to let them do that, like that's just not something that's going to succeed. And that's pretty much what they do on that play too. They run the play where it's like the two receivers, they don't like set a screen, but they run that route. And then rice comes in behind them on like the drag and then gets the ball. But he's got, he, you know, the reception's five yards out. So, but the, the defensive backs don't, or the receivers don't even have to really do any kind of blocking or anything. Cause the defensive backs are already cleared out for them. Yeah. Rice gets the ball underneath. That was, that was really the stop where it was like, okay, they have a chance here again. Maybe if they get the tackle, it's fourth and two, they go for it again, run a play. They're going to keep going. But the drive before that as well, too, where they, the, the, the Niners choose to get the ball first in overtime. There's the new overtime rules as well, too, where now a couple days later, too, we know that the Niners have said that they weren't even prepared for the rules. They weren't aware of what the changes were. And then Shanahan goes down, kicks the field goal. The Chiefs obviously go back down and score a touchdown. So honestly, like ultimately at the end of the day, the new rules don't even necessarily go into play because the Chiefs win that game in the regular season with how the the way the scoring works out anyways but how did you just take the way that they had addressed the overtime and it's piss poor excuse for losing because like every you can't say that like you weren't prepared because you didn't know these everyone knew these rules every single person mm. in the nfl knew this new rule and because of how the new rule is structured 
you defer in overtime. You have to defer in overtime. Yeah. Because exactly what this happened, the Chiefs defense got their stop. They forced the Niners to kick a field goal. Now the Chiefs offense has the exact blueprint of what they need to do to win. Like, and they, they see the offense and they saw the Niners come out in front of them. They held them to a field goal. Okay, touchdown, we win this game. You want to put yourself in a situation to where you can let your offense know what they need so you can set up that kind of drive to how you need it. It's what the Chiefs did. They went all the way down the field. They win the Super Bowl. If you're the Niners, you let the Chiefs get the ball first. If it's that situation where they have to kick a field goal, then you know what you need and you can set it up how, how you need to set it up. And with these rules, there's no way you take the ball first because you know the other team's going to get it. And if you get stopped, you have a greater chance of losing. And that's exactly what happened. So is the getting is the handling the coin toss the problem, or is driving the ball down the field and then getting to the Kansas City ten in kicking the field goal the problem? Because again, when you put the ball in the Chiefs' hands at that point, it's if they go down and score the touchdown, they win. And you know if they do this. It, obviously, it's the same thing if you don't get it. And then at that point, if they kick a field goal too, they win as well. But if you're on the Kansas City ten, it's like you know they still need to go sixty plus yards to get into field goal range for Bucker still versus you kick the field goal, then kick off. It's a touchback. They bring the ball to the 25. And at that point, if they want to win the game, you still need to go use 75 yards to score the touchdown. The, the yardage is still pretty similar. Like, do they just go for the win there See, and fix the problem? That's the problem with taking the ball, because if you defer and then you can make the chiefs get in that situation, where you put yourself into that situation, and now you have a choice of if you want to kick it or not. I mean, if you're Dan Campbell, you obviously go for it. There's no way in hell you don't. And, like, if you go for it and you miss it, then you're allowing the Chiefs to just have to go 40 yards down the field, kick the field goal, and win the Super Bowl. So, like, in that But it's not just 40 yards, though. They're on the 10-yard line. So It only about, brings them out to the 50. 50. It's about 50 yards, then. You want to probably get to the 40 for Butker, maybe even the 45. 40 still, but, that's still a, that's a 60 yard field goal. I mean, it's, it's a Harrison long, Bucker. And I, like, yeah, that's the, the thing. Bucker's good. History. <laughs> Broke the record twice, but. Yeah, like if by making yourself take the ball, you put yourself in that situation. Like I, I definitely think for them, kicking it was the right idea, but they shouldn't have put themselves into that position to where if you get to the 10 yard line on the other side of the field, when like the Chiefs just went down and they kicked the field goal, you're like, okay. We go for it. We're going to score because that's just like what you have to do in that situation. And because they put themselves in a situation to where they had to make a decision, that's why they lost. They, they should have done the opposite thing. So you always want to react to the other team then in the overtime scenario. If you know that you're going to have the chance to get the ball, then that's what you need to do. So is it, is it different for the regular season then? Well, yeah, because the regular season overtime rules are still the same, whereas like, sudden death if the first team goes and scores a touchdown they win the game so you're always going to want to take the ball but uh when you know that like you're still going to get a chance regardless of what the team in front of you does there's no way you don't defer it's the same reason in like in regulation where you defer because you know you're going to get the ball to end the second half and then uh you can you can score on that and then get it to start the third quarter and go and score again does this game go on shanahan's resume the same way that like the I mean, obviously no game will go on his resume the way the Falcons Patriots game will the yeah. biggest collapse in NFL history. But just in terms of him blowing, you know, blowing leads pause in big games, does this game, does this game count to that? Or again, is it just, we, we're all going to remember 
Mahomes is brilliant. This was just Mahomes' season. Everything Mahomes versus, like, is there lingering Shanahan question marks after this one at all for you? I, I don't really think, like, I think it's more on Mahomes just being Mahomes than, like, him blowing a lead. Because, like, yeah, they were up 10 points in this game. But against a quarterback who's known for, like, just being clutch in the situations, like, 10 points is nothing. 10 points may as well just be a one-score game when you're mm. playing the Chiefs. And I... Did you see the post as well, too, that said in all three Super Bowls that they've won, they've been down by 10 points? Mm-hmm. He's the first quarterback in NFL history for all three of his Super Bowls have come when he's been down by 10. In three, I was gonna, I was just going to say, I wonder if Brady's ever done that. Because I know Brady's definitely been down. Like, they've had the well, Rams the Falcons Super Bowl. game. And then, yeah, yeah, the Rams game, they were down. But uh, he has, he had, what, seven? And he probably only had maybe three of those. He was down by a good amount at some point. The rest of his team's been up pretty much full time. And even if, even like in the games where like they were up and then they lost a lead in like the fourth quarter, it was only always a one score game. It was never really a, a big comeback. Is that more impressive for Brady that all of all seven of the games have been, cause he's been in so many Super Bowls that just all of them have been one score games. I feel like even the ones he's lost have been close because both of the Giants games came down to dramatic endings. Yeah. And then that, that Eagles game, they had the ball with the chance to win and did he just yeah. gets. Blind that side strip sack from the left side. 41 33, I think. Yeah. So that would have been like a touchdown two point, which you can say is iffy, but that's still a one score game in that situation. Because Mahomes does have the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Yep. Where they did get dominated. That was what, 31 10? Nine? Did they get to nine? I don't even think they nine, got to, 31 and 10. to 10. I guess Brady's got the, the 13 to 3. Like we that was said, a really too. good defensive Bucks team, though. Yeah, it that was. That defense was crazy. It was. The Their pass was rushers. Awesome. The corners were still more. The corners were good this year, too, for them. That yeah. Part of the reason they made a, you know, got the, the divisional round. But they were really at the peak of their powers that year. That was, yeah. And Brady yeah. still pretty much fully cooking at that year. And, I mean, Mahomes has, like, the two two of the greatest passes that weren't caught ever in that game. So it's hard to, yeah. I don't think anybody remembers Mahomes necessarily struggling more so than the chiefs. I mean, it basically forced the direction of where their team is at. Now they built like they're mm-hmm. both of the, both their lines up. They fully invested in their offensive line. Uh, Tooney was out for this game, which can't be overlooked was probably part of the reason that Mahomes was uh, running around around a lot, but I know the, the goat stuff has been ramped up a little bit, but I mean, Brady is not the only great, like all-time great quarterback as well, too. I feel like there's still like other levels to this stuff. So like how many, how many guys, I I guess I don't necessarily know like where you want to rank him, but like, has he passed like even like Peyton Manning to you from an all-time standpoint? He's He's just clearly number two. He's clearly number two. I mean, if he wins Super Bowl next year, he's clearly number one. Oh, he only needs to get to four. I guess the three Pete though. Yeah. Three Pete, four in six years has never not gone to the AFC championship game. All three of his Super Bowl wins have come when he's down by 10. He has three Super Bowl MVPs, two regular season MVPs already, and he's only, what, 26? (laughs) So he retires at 28, the greatest quarterback ever? It's insane. If he does it next year, there's no doubt. And, like, props to Brady. Like, seven Super Bowls was in the league for (laughs) two decades. Obviously. But, like, his his time's about to run up if Mahomes is able to do this again. Well, the problem is the on the field thing, right? Because in the, the MJ LeBron stuff, there is still the court thing where it's like, 
you can make an argument either way. If you have MJ on the court versus LeBron on the court, the game is, you know, both teams are going to be like both players. The Mahomes impact is just different from Brady. The, mo- the mobility thing, the extra dynamic that he brings to the game. Like Le- LeBron just doesn't have anything over MJ like that. And I don't feel like MJ necessarily has like these just like big thing where it's like, okay, Mac- Mahomes clearly has this dynamic to the game that Brady doesn't have. And he also has all of the res- resume stuff and yeah. all of the dominance and he's doing it earlier in his career. So I, you know, the Brady thing is close, but like you're saying, he's already jumped all of these like elite guys, I guess how many even guys have more Super Bowls than him at this point. It's just like Bradshaw Montana has four, I guess Aikman has three LA has two LA has two. Yeah. Manning just has the two, Manning right? Has two. Both Mannings have two. Both Mannings have two. Yep. Mahomes is better than the one. collective Manning family. I mean, yeah. I like Peyton Manning's like my my favorite player of all time, but there's there's no debating it at this rate. There's no debating it at this point. Like even the year where the Broncos won the Super Bowl, like that offense was extremely good in the regular season, but that playoff run was straight defense. So what if you could put the Manning offense, like peak Manning offense, on a peak? Denver, like if you took the prime Manning offense on that Denver defense, so then that way you had like the good memory of them together, would it be different at all? Like if you got to see just peak Manning win the Super Bowl in Denver, peak of his powers, versus like you're saying that last Super Bowl, it's, I feel like he's like a, it's like a 50% rank. I still, that's tough to say. Manning's my guy. I take it back. Yeah, because they're, what year? The Broncos Manning offense, and I think it was 20. 13? I think so, yeah. The year that their offense, I think they had like 7,200 offensive yards, and I, I, it was somewhere between 2012 and 2015. Obviously, that's... He broke the single-season passing touchdown record. That offense was the best offense that Peyton Manning's ever been a hold of. Like even to combine it with the Colts and everything. Like that's that was peak offense. And then our peak defense would have been the year we won the Super Bowl. But the problem is that Super Bowl, it's like it wasn't even that game was just bad. It was just a bad game. Yeah, it was like what, twenty four to ten, I think was the final score. It, it was pretty low scoring. Again, I don't think you guys got to double I think you might have been like eight points in that game. Yeah, 24 to 8, 21 to 8, if something like that. I think you might have blacked out for the last couple of points. I think it might have been even, I think it might have been worse. 24 to 10. Oh, okay. Okay. So it just, no, 43 to 8 against the Seahawks? Yeah, it's 24 to 10. Oh, against the Panthers? Yeah, it was oh, 24 was to 10. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Seahawks. I don't want to talk about, I yeah, don't see, talk you blacked out. <laughs> you just totally blacked out that game. game. Talk about that game was over. Like you don't remember at first play, snap goes over Manning's head. It goes for safety. Honestly, outside like, of the that play was over. That game was over on first play. If you just take away the two interceptions, sixty nine percent, two hundred eighty yards. <laughs> it's not terrible. Yeah, for a guy Peyton. So if he's clear, I, I mean, you said he's number two, but you're just throwing Montana to the side like that. No, no love for 
the original Joe Cool. Montana has never been higher than Peyton Manning in my book. I don't give a fuck. I was looking at I was looking at some of the all-time stats, obviously because of the Mahomes thing. And Montana does have the highest passer rating in Super Bowls, which is impressive. I mean, been there four times, won all four of them, and again was impressive in all four of them, which I think is again an underrated hard thing to do. Like from a passer rating standpoint, just for all of the numbers to kind of line up and for everything to be efficient. Like even Mahomes in this game, for as good as he was, the passer rating itself was, I think, like a 99. Again, you know, he had the pick in there. There was some missed throws. Yeah. There was that like in that intentional grounding at one point where he tries to like roll out. Nobody's really open. Two hand throw Which, to the sideline. Technically, is that technically illegal I, grounding? I didn't I didn't think it was. I thought if you were outside the tackle box, it didn't necessarily have to get back to the line of scrimmage, but I could be wrong about that. Slide in the DMs. Yeah. If you're a ref, slide in yeah, our DMs. I thought that I I thought that too, but then like because I know that an aspect of that is like if the ball doesn't make it back to the line of scrimmage, it is, but he was outside of the tackle box. And there was also a receiver in the area too. Noah I Noah Gray, maybe, or Bell, one of the backup yeah, tight ends he was like, running over. Yeah, like three or four yards, like a down from the ball. I feel like that's close enough. And it and it's Mahomes. Mahomes not getting the call. It was early enough. I think it was like one of their first three drives. Maybe they were like, okay, we're gonna get a Mahomes call in here. Yeah. Get it out of the way early. We don't want to flag him late. The good thing though about this game, like you can't say that like the Chiefs got all the calls because it was pretty even. Like I was just gonna say that, yeah. I just say that I think the officiating overall was pretty good. There wasn't like any, there wasn't like a Mahomes slide on anything where he, there was like a flag. Yeah. I guess no, nothing really got, he, there was never really got put in that position. Pause, but there was no crazy flags. Like that McDuffie play again to Debo, you know, no PI. They kind of just let him play it out. I, good defense. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just a shout out to the teams too for playing a, a good game, but Playing clean. Or maybe, maybe who was doing this? Who ref the game? Was that Binovich? I think so. Is he go to the top of our ref rankings now? Number one? He's He's been pretty high up there for a while, though. I mean, he was doing the Super Bowl, so maybe that's a dead giveaway that yeah. he should be the... That was his third Super Bowl, I think. And I think they said he also did the last Chiefs-Niners game. So will he do the rematch next year? Is that what we're going to get? Chiefs-Niners? <laughs> Yeah, he did Chiefs Niners and then he did Patriot Seahawks. Oh. Another iconic game. That was a good game as well, too. Not a game where you're yeah. like, okay, there was any big penalties in that game. Wasn't there a penalty last year at the end of the game? Was it a defensive penalty on the uh, Eagles? The, the hold or the, the pass interference that never got called. Oh, it didn't get there was a no call. Okay. I think it was a no call. I do remember I that there was some... About. Or it was a hold or a bad hold on the defense. It was something like that. What's the play? I feel like the play that I remember most from the Eagles would be the probably the fumble. I think for some reason it's the, the Jalen Hurts fumble for that game. Oh, yeah. No, mine was definitely the... Uh, I think it was a hold that they called on... I think it was Slay on Juju. Mm, yeah, okay, yeah. They that, called a yep. hold where there was... There was no like actual like grab. Like it was just like his hand like on his hip with no pull. Mm-hmm. And they still called it. I think that was the uproar. And wasn't it it was it wasn't even that far down the field, right? It wasn't like a deep pass. 
It's not like they no, were sending like Juju a, on deep routes. They were in the red zone. They were in the red zone. It was like a 10-yard out or something like that. Was it a third it down? It was a, yeah, it was either a third or a fourth, definitely. Because mm. like that kind of call doesn't get that uproar if it's not like an important down. So if Mahomes is already the number two quarterback of all time, and I don't even know like big picture in the league right now, if anybody like how many levels are even between him and the next closest guy? Like, how does anybody else win the MVP next year? Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just like I, I don't know, because like Cause, Mahomes, he won the Super Bowl MVP. Obviously, Lamar won the regular season, so it just depends on like if. Like this year, Patrick Mahomes really channeled his inner Tom Brady, like kind mm. of being just like slightly above mid in the regular season <laughs> and then just like turning it on in the playoffs. Whereas like Tom Brady did the same shit. Like he was like, there are a couple seasons where like, holy shit, this guy's not even top 10 in the NFL. And then you put him in the playoffs and he'll go and win every single game. And in, in the games, too, it felt like there were moments where, the again, the other teams could have, like, in the Ravens game, if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble, if Lamar doesn't throw the pick, in this Niners game, they had their question marks. In all the games, there's these moments where the other team could have capitalized and they didn't. It's like the Chiefs, yeah. play mistake-free football, were the better team. But the experience at this point, too, just, I think, that's just kind of what it is, I think, too. Just these guys end up, getting so many reps in the playoffs at this point, they get so comfortable in these moments. It's like, it's just another Mahomes is going to go into next year's playoffs. It's like, it's just going to be another thing for him. At this, He's been in like, a, I think they said 17. He's played a full season extra worth of playoff games at this point. Just under yeah, his belt. What, 15 and two. <laughs> yeah. He's like the best season of all time in the playoffs. And I'm trying to think too, like, the one year the if they don't get the year that they don't get to the Super Bowl is rookie year is that offside penalty from D Ford. It's like not even really his fault. Yeah. So I mean in that Bengals season, if they get that, if they kick the field goal in the red zone at the end of the first half or end up getting that touchdown, you know, who knows yeah, what that game ends up looking like. That late hit. Yeah, they that have the late hit late in the game too. Yeah. Mahomes does throw the pick in overtime too on the mm-hmm. on the deep pass so maybe maybe that is the one that you can end up chalking up to Mahomes. but yeah to be pretty perfect through the first six years like this is uh pretty crazy did you want to mention anything about the halftime show at all uh i've heard mixed reviews from my peers uh, a couple people i work with said it was awesome because they're like they're older than me so they grew up with usher uh i thought it was terrible and not even because I only knew two of the songs, but because like the, the coolest thing they did was like the roller skates mm. and the rest of it, they were just like walking in circles on the stage. And Alicia Keys. Like they just, well, I mean, yeah, that's always a positive, but uh, <laughs> like the, like there was no like three at theatrics to it. And like for somebody of my demographic who doesn't actually care for Usher's music, like I want to see something cool. And like the only cool thing I saw was like the 10 seconds of them riding around on roller skates and the rest was just boring. I feel like it was tough for him this year because the last couple of Super Bowl acts were here. Let me pull them up. So we had Rihanna last year. The year before mm-hmm. that was the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar. That one was, that I one mean, was yeah, good. just like seven superstars on the stage at one time. It's not going to be amazing. The weekend, the year before that, 
And then the weekend she, might be like top five. The weekend people were saying was one of the all time greats. And then the year before that, that Shakira, good. Jennifer Lopez. That yeah. was good. Yeah. That uh, there's a certain clip from that halftime show that went pretty viral. I think that might be the most viewed video on the NFL YouTube channel. Probably. Is the Shakira? Let's go. Let's go look. I'm Jennifer. Go look. <laughs> should we should we get IT on it? Double check. I think most of the most popular videos are halftime shows, and I think it might be that one. I'm gonna. I would be curious to see where this game ends up landing. I mean, you. Give it a little bit of time, like we're saying. They have 12.6 million subs. Yeah. The Shakira J-Lo's number one, 304. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 304 million views. The next, the next, number two is the Dr. Dre with 257, yeah. and number three is the Rihanna with 212. So those are the last three, or three of the last four. Yeah, and then, and then the weekend was, like we're saying, everybody loved it. And, yeah. Yeah. The weekend is 64 million. Uh, apparently it doesn't have the rewatchability of the Katie Shakira Perry's Jennifer Lopez. Is it more impressive that Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg are number two on a list where Shakira, Rihanna, and Beyonce are one, two, or one, three, and four? <laughs> Very interesting <laughs> list. Again, shout out to Alicia Keys. Call in anytime. If, uh, oh yeah, she kind of made that halftime show like watchable. That's definitely what I looked up for my phone. Who do you want to see do it next year? Uh, well, I I know whatever I say is not going to matter because if the Chiefs even make the playoffs, it's going to be Taylor Swift. Oh, you think you think she's a lock? Dude, the, the NFL wouldn't let anyone else do it if she's still with like Travis Kelsey, and like the Chiefs are good, and like there's a, any remote chance that they're in the Super Bowl, which it's the Chiefs, so every year there's a chance they're in the Super Bowl. I don't see another artist doing it unless is she's that, on tour, which she won't be because she just did this huge ass one and she's not going to do another one the year after. Well, she'll probably be planning a wedding at that point too. So planning a wedding yeah, and I mean, going on tour. That's what all, that's what all the NFL, that's what the NFL is going to want is they're going to want the chiefs with the three Pete with Kelsey getting on his knee at the end of the game. I'd put $10,000 on it right now that that's going to happen. I'd be a very rich man. Maybe Super Bowl halftime is the wedding next year. Oh my God! Could you fucking imagine? Can they play Taylor Swift songs at her at her wedding? I saw a clip of them dancing to "Love Story" in a club. Well, yeah, it's Taylor Swift. Her music's played everywhere. <laughs> I mean, "Love Story" is gonna be played anywhere you go. It's uh, yeah, it's an all timer. No, no way! What the fuck was that? Get out! Is it the cat? Yeah, get out! Pushing shit off my fucking TV stand. The cat's not a fan of Mahomes either? Of course she's not. I raised her right. How do you stop him? Is there any stopping him? No. No? You're just screwed as the Broncos? I'm a Broncos fan. Like, just, I I feel pretty good. We beat beat the Super Bowl champions this year. (laughs) The Lions beat the Super Bowl champions this year. So, like, we might have gone 7-10, but we beat the Chiefs and the Niners didn't, so... And uh, Gibby brought that up too. It's like the last time we played both of those teams, we beat them because it was week three or four of twenty. You beat the Niners season. with Purdy. We beat no, we beat the Niners with Jimmy G because we mm, played him okay. like two or three weeks before he had that ankle injury. But and Jimmy G was playing game, really well that year, or you know, 
uh, two years ago, I guess now, but before, before he got, he got hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, playing he really was well. Real good. And, and we beat him in prime time. So, and then we beat mm. the Chiefs in prime time. So you're saying if the Broncos can get to the Super Bowl, they're in good shape? I mean, I'll see you in 10 years, 2034, when we end up maybe making it. When J.J. McCarthy is in his prime? I saw a fucking video today that pissed me off, Broncos related. <laughs> I know we're kind of getting off topic, but there's a very popular YouTuber by the name of Bangle mm. who does the mock drafts and stuff. And this motherfucker, let me tell you, he had the Broncos trading up to six. Whoa! To take J.J. McCarthy. Whoa! Who we could probably get at 12. Or in the second round? I don't know. Harbaugh said you, he was going to go number one. So that so might be a steal. What the fuck does Harbaugh know? He's got early onset dementia. <laughs> Is that why he but took the charges? It, it, like, I know it's probably not going to happen, but like the thought of it possibly happening just pisses me off. McCarthy on the Broncos? The thought a of leader? trading up six spots for somebody who could have 10 spots later pisses me off. The thought of taking a national champion leader in the okay, first round we, of franchise quarterback? Here we go with this shit. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love Watch. to have a quarterback who... The, you want to see some J.J. McCarthy fucking highlights? I'll fucking show you some highlights. Huh. Let me Matt Ford's about to do his, his, his J.J. McCarthy impersonation. I don't know. J.J. McCarthy, I think, has like the highest winning percentage all time of any college quarterback. I think it's him and Jameis Winston. So, I don't know if you want to necessarily be on a list with Jameis Winston as a, a college prospect, but... Well, I'd, maybe we'll pivot away from that, but I think we're still in on JJ McCarthy, anyways, as a as a, as a leader, anyways. You know, I think the leadership has to be a factor in his evaluation. All right, this is JJ McCarthy highlights. Wait, Badaport's handing the ball off. Wait, but in the That's big it. big That's moment though. That's good for your team, Javante Williams. Oh, okay, okay, big moment. Here's my receiver, half a foot away. <laughs> okay, so it's a short pass. Yeah, it's a short fucking pass, Remington. Do we need to do we need to th throw on the highlight from the Alabama game, the flea flicker down the field? Oh, what the pick on the first drive? It, it, there was no pick on the stat sheet for JJ McCarthy. I don't know what you're talking I mean, about. I mean, on the stat sheet, but the the whole world saw it. He's it he's throwing the ball away. 360 the, yeah, catch, spin, throw the ball downfield, hit the receiver in stride. The receiver had the wrong color jersey on. <laughs> Don't people say McCarthy is like a young Russell Wilson? Okay, but look at old Russell Wilson. Look <laughs> like at young Russell not... Wilson. <laughs> you want somebody who's going to be good their whole career, not just the first six. First five, first six. Well, there you go. That's just a little bit of a taste of a uh, pause of what you guys are going to get from Fatterport. How from much I fucking hate him. God. Fatterport hating on the 2024 draft laps is uh, going to be classic. Is there anything from the commercials you wanted to mention quick? Oh, yeah. No, there is something I want to mention about. The I'm pissed off, so I'm going <laughs> to stay on this fucking subject. The best commercial of the night that I heard was the Duncan commercial, and we couldn't even fucking watch it. Oh, yeah. Get away from the goddamn Murky. <laughs> even we couldn't even watch the Duncan commercial because good old Billy Buckets just had to like start a, a fucking turf war with his internet company. And they were like, you know what? This is the best commercial of the night. We're going to turn your internet off. So we didn't even get to see it.
Yeah, unfortunately, there's bad blood between us and Mediacom now. So God, shout out. <laughs> I don't know if we're shouting out or calling out the people at Mediacom, but fuck them. We're calling them out. Is there like a sponsorship beef? Is there a way we can make that work? Yeah, let's sponsor with Imon. <laughs> we take on another brand. Okay. That's the internet I have. And I mean, nine times out of 10, it does fail me, but 10 times out of 10, Mediacom fails me. So, oh, so that one, and that one time out of 10 is hopefully the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, it would have been if we were if we were on Imon, but unfortunately we were on fucking media shit. Well, the Duncan commercial was uh God, definitely I'm pissed off. Now I gotta calm down. <laughs> the Christopher Walken commercial with everybody doing the Christopher good. Walken impersonation. I don't understand how it's a car commercial, but it was a good commercial. <laughs> oh. The State Farm, the State Farm neighbor commercial was kind of crazy. I'm not gonna I thought lie. It was kind of cringy. It was kind of wild. And I feel like they had been yeah. promoting that pretty heavy too. There was good. They were going to do yeah. a big agent state farm. We got Arnold Schwarzenegger for a Super Bowl commercial and it, they were running it like a movie promo. So I almost thought that it was like a teaser to some kind of bigger movie promo, but it was just some mm -hmm. dumb sketch with Arnold Schwarzenegger overpriced, overproduced. Yep. Yeah. Getting people to uh, say the hard R neighbor is kind of crazy, but there's three Temu ads. Yeah, do they have to pay Three. every time they run the ad? I really hope so. They might make enough money to do it. Yeah, I mean, like they only sell things for like $4 a piece, but like the millions of people who like don't see the scam and just buy it anyway. So yeah, they're probably making enough money. It's well, like but DH gate. The, well, but the <laughs> other thing is too, like, and I'm t this is this is talking from experience. Like you go shopping, you're gonna be okay with spending a certain amount of money. So mm -hmm. it's like if you're gonna drop a hundred dollars, I could go to the mall and drop a hundred dollars, and go to you know a store and get like two pairs of jeans, or do you slide the hundred dollars on Timu and get like six things, and maybe end up spending one twenty, one thirty because you want to get like ten things, and you're well, like, you're it's, you're still spending the same amount of money, but you're spending it more often it's quality over quantity like you're buying like the 10 things and you're hoping to god they come and they pause that they show up and they work or that it, it's like, like clothes that actually fit whether or if you're going to the mall to like american eagle and you're only buying like two pairs of jeans for like 120 bucks but you're gonna wear those jeans for the next 10 years but i feel like i feel like it's decent stuff i don't know je jeans are always kind of you want to get good jeans but some of the shirts yeah. I haven't necessarily heard terrible yeah. things about Timu. The only thing I've heard about Timu is every every five days I get a text from good old Billy Buckets saying, "Click my link so I get free shit." <laughs> Shout out, Billy Buckets is a loyal Timu guy, so I think he, he sponsored the loyal. second and the third ad from yeah, right person. out of his own pocket. He's funded it in completely by himself. And I feel like some of the electronic stuff too. It's like Wish, you know? Are you gonna necessarily get your chart like all your <laughs> cables and stuff off of? I mean, hopefully, less like. Chinese kids in a sweatshop putting shit together, but yeah, maybe just uh, shop the American brands if uh, you guys want to do that. Plus, you have to wait like three months to get your stuff if they even remember to ship it to you. Yep, <laughs> you have to be thinking, you know, ahead. Is this shirt going to be like that in three months? You know, am I going to want to wear this for summer? It's uh, I have not committed to the Timu craze yet, but yeah, I won't either. I'm not. The last thing I wanted to ask you about, and I, well, I was going to ask you to listen to the Kanye album, to, mm. per, to review it, 
But then I was like, no, I want to see if he just listens to it in general. So did you end up listening to the Kanye album at all? No. So what is your what is your history with 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 Ye? Like, are have you ever been a Kanye guy? Has he ever been a guy so, that you've really like been in on his music? Never cared for his music. Uh, Donda came out, and I got in an argument with my roommate at the time because I said Kanye was awful and I didn't care for him, and he's like. Well, who's your favorite artist? And I said Drake, and then he was like, "Okay, I bet I can name ten songs that are better than Drake's ten songs." And so we did. And like the only good one was like "Devil in a Red Dress," I think is the name of it, mm. which I do like that song. And then there's a song on Donda with Yachty that's pretty good, and one with The Weekend I think that's pretty good. I forget yeah. the names of them. But other than that, I don't I don't listen to Kanye. So the older Kanye too, as well. You don't really get into. I've heard some of the songs, but like I don't go out of my way to listen to them, and they're not on my playlist. So was Donda your first big experience with him? Then was that like your intro to Kanye? Yeah, pretty much. Because mm. I, I listened to that whole album, didn't really care for it. Uh, because I didn't really care for it, I didn't care to go back and listen to any old stuff. Which I have heard the old stuff is a lot better, but I just don't really, I don't really care. <laughs> and he released this album too on the twentieth anniversary of his first album college dropout and i don't know if that it, he ended up pushing the date back like a million times this album was teased for a long time i don't know if he was this was the plan in general to string people out drop it on the anniversary but i was kind of interested to see where the hype would be at for this because i yeah. think the album still debuted at number one you know obviously it's for the the week it released or whatever but still debuted at number one on the charts Kanye, just in general, you know, he's still top 20 for Spotify streamers. You know, classic Kanye is always going to be floating through people's playlists. But I, it, it's tough because I, one, the album is the, the, it's obviously not as good as an old Kanye album. The Donda album, I think the biggest problem with the Donda album is it's just really long. And if he releases yeah. that album, you know, 10 years prior and it's the 12 best songs in the album, it's, I think, much better for, I, I just think it's maybe a little bit more well-received. It did end up still getting all the nominations and stuff, but he was still hadn't quite severed all the relationships within the industry at that point that he has now. And I think obvi obviously that's been the big thing, the the lingering story with Kanye. And it's not just the, the album again, it's not a great album. So it makes it easier to just kind of go under the radar a little bit in terms of the conversation. But I do feel like even if this album was good, it's just a real strange thing where he's at at this point, because if this album was good, like, how do you, how do you talk about this album with people with where he's at at this point? Like, can you even like, if this is amazing, can you go around and be like, Hey, have you heard the new Kanye album? It's amazing. And I'm, you know, I, I still, again, I would be like, Hey, old, you know, Kanye is in terms of the music. I, I still listen to old Kanye. It's great music. This there's again, songs on Donda. I really like, I'm not going to, necessarily I, i'm not going to be so aggressive just be like oh i'm never listening to michael jacks again again or whatever like hey i'll just throw on through it, it you know it is what it is. i'm i'm a dumb kid yeah. with spotify it is what it is but just in terms again of the the hype and the conversation it feels like obviously old kanye is dead but even just like it it just like it's a bummer to talk about it feels like it's just a bummer to be like hey have you heard the new kanye and it's just like you know, you can listen, you can talk about it in passing. You know, we mentioned it in passing at the Super Bowl party, yeah. but just in general, I feel like it's just 
the whole Kanye experience is obviously a bummer, but it's makes it like impossible to have a conversation about the songs, even if they were good. And, you know, this was like a, a loaded album. Yeah. And like, there's a way to separate like the artists from the music because like, like there's been bad, like Tory Lane shot somebody in the foot, but like his songs are still good. So I'm still going to listen to them. Yeah. So, and like, so you like, you can separate that, but uh, like, there's only so much separating that you can do. Like, I know with me, like, I don't, I don't care for him as a person. So like, I don't really care to listen to his music. And like, isn't like the album color of like him and his wife just like wearing nothing but like a box over the top of her ass? <laughs> yeah, the album the album cover is crazy. And I there has been like controversy with like the mask too that he had on originally. It's always, you know, with the comments he's made, anything yeah. along there, those lines is gonna be controversial. He's changed it a couple of times. I've but uh, yeah, he's he changed it a couple of times and uh I've I think the mask was the one thing he moved, but yeah, the album cover is uh Great. And he's a, he's had a couple. I think the what's the the orange one with the the father stretch your hands out. That's got a butt on it too, but so yeah. you know, a, a butt's not anything new for Kanye. But it's, it's like, like but it is wild. It's mad see, aggressive. The stuff you see on like media with like the outfits and shit that they walk around wearing now, like I think one day they were in like the Europe or something and his wife just had like a clear poncho on. <laughs> Like, yeah. What, what even is that kind of shit? Like, I don't like. Doesn't look cool, and like, I don't really feel like it's making a statement or anything. It just looks stupid. And she was wiling out at the super party, Super Bowl after parties as well, too. Did you see there was a story going around that Taylor Swift ended up getting him kicked out? Like he showed up, and I don't, I don't know the. Let me look up the details real quick. Can you blame her? <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw a headline that was like. Kanye West pulls up to the Super Bowl where his ex Kim Kardashian and rival Taylor Swift were also in attendance. And I was like, those are some tough people to be on the wrong side of. Yeah. You're in just asking at this moment. for, you're just asking for something shitty to go down showing up to that. Yeah. Forbes says Kanye Taylor Swift may have had Kanye West removed from the Super Bowl. According to. Oh, is this Brandon? Oh, Brandon Marshall. So did he witness this? Or he's just trying to make himself relevant again. I don't know. Yeah, just scanning the article, it seems like he's telling a story. I don't know. Maybe we'll do a, a deep dive and get back to you on the Friday pod with Sam. Because yeah. uh, I know he'll have thoughts on it. But yeah, those are some tough people to be on, uh, yeah, on the I bad side of. If I'm Kanye, I don't think I'm showing up to that. <laughs> I will say, if there was anything good in this album, the there there is a Freddie Gibbs feature, and I don't know if you are familiar with Freddie Gibbs at all, but he's another classic old school guy, and his his verse on this is the best part of the album. Let me make let me look up what the song is called too. And this song actually was again because this album was pushed back, and I think there was even there was. Even some legal reasons too, as well, with some of the samples too that I was reading. But back to me is the the song, and he had this one I had actually seen on YouTube, like maybe a a month or two ago, and he had premiered it at like some kind of listening party. So the video from the listening party had leaked out, so the song had already been out. So I heard it, 
and had been listening to the Freddie Gibbs verse a lot. The Freddie Gibbs verse. This 2024 has been a Freddie Gibbs has had a strong start on my Spotify right now. And I would, I would uh, recommend that. Let me also, let's give Freddie Gibbs a quick search and see what else we should recommend. Alfredo, obviously, he does it with The Alchemist, who is uh, another well-known producer. Highly recommend. Pinata is really good. The album he does with Mad Lib, also Bandana. Just any, honestly, the, the solo Freddie Gibbs albums are good too, but the collab albums, when he's really working with like those high-end producers, those are obviously always going to be next level for, for any guys that are going to be working with uh, guys like the alchemist and mad live. But yeah, I figured uh, like the most of the non, if, if obviously if you're not in on Kanye now or before, probably not going to jump in. And I figured even some of the people like in our age group where we were listening to Kanye a little bit, like, I feel like I was early enough where I got hooked probably you know, young enough to, you know, have that kind of, you know, where I'm just probably never going to stop listening to Kanye. But I feel like, again, some of the people that got on maybe on like the Donda hype train or just this album continued to go under the radar. I was actually kind of a little bit shocked that it did debut still at number one. Again, I get maybe it's still Kanye, but yeah, probably name value. High dollar sign as well, too. I feel like just on a given week, he could drop a, you know, top three debut type album anyways but was there anything else you wanted to mention quick anything else you wanted to hit did you need to complain about nfl honors a little bit more i mean i think i got i think i got the message through that it was just a clown show <laughs> you watch more nfl honors than the pro bowl though of course, uh, yeah i mean i wanted to see who won the awards but i i, don't, I didn't want to open it to a bunch of dancers swinging around in the air I thought that was weird but <laughs> I didn't see anything that I have it. I didn't even know what day. I didn't realize it was on a Thursday. I just remember it being on like the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, and that might have didn't help. It didn't help that I didn't get to hear ha- more than half the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any clips about it either. Maybe that's why, because there's no. Because you couldn't hear any of the goddamn. Clips. <laughs> there's just no clips. The show just half happened. No sound apparently for the NFL NFL honors. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, just go follow Ian Fatterport on Twitter, and he will. It, it'll, it'll all be on there. The whole story of NFL honors. He was on fire during the Super Bowl as well, too. The Dre Greenlaw voting. Maybe there'll be some McCarthy handoff tweets as we near the NFL draft in the future. <laughs> like we said, though, our guy Ian Fatport's not going anywhere. He's going to stick around a little bit. And like we said, we watched the Super Bowl together. That was the first game we watched together all year, the last game of the season. But yeah, maybe... Uh, Maybe it won't be the last thing we watch together. I don't know. We're, we will see what is in the works coming up for the NFL season. But like we said, shout out, shout out to our guy Fatterport. Thanks for joining us for the NFL season, Fatterport. This was this of was course, great, dude. I'm glad we I got to do this. Time. Yeah, this was, was this was this was so much fun. It's kind of a bummer now. I was last week during the Pro Bowl and the Grammys, and then this week as well too. When it was just like, okay, we've got and even the conference championship. When it was just like two games to rewatch during the week. <laughs> I'm already missing it. And then we're down to one. And now it's like, yeah. we got zero. It's going to be tough, but there's some ideas in the books for the off season stuff though. It'll be, it'll be exciting. Yeah. There's always something cooking, cooking up in the works. Oh, yeah. So go follow our guy Fatiport on Twitter. Rem and Sam, Rem and Sam podcast across all platforms. Give us five stars. If you guys think about it and be back for the Friday pod, the Saturday pod, when it drops, stay tuned, follow the Spotify and the Apple podcasts to see when that 
comes out. The Rem and Sam podcast. And we got stuff in the works for that too. I know that Sam's been teasing some guests. There's always some good stuff cooking. So thank you guys for joining us for the NFL season. And thank you guys for all the support. And thank you guys for continuing to listen as well too. Like we said, we'll be back. And shout out, shout out to Herky. 